0: Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Podcast where we're going to talk about the cost in following Jesus. If you have just started your walk with Christ, you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. But many preachers, pastors today talk about the cost to follow Jesus and The thing is, is that many people say that it is a cost to follow Jesus, but I say that there is a greater cost walking without the Lord than it is walking with him. Now, why do I say this? It's because I don't see anything that I had to lose in order to follow Jesus as a loss, but a gain. Now, the first time that you see what it took to follow Jesus in the Bible was when he called the 12 disciples. Now, this is the first time you see it in the New Testament, okay? The disciples came from different backgrounds and careers, from poor, middle-class to rich, from fishermen to rich men. And you can see that in Matthew 4 and 18, when he first calls Peter and his brother, then when he also calls Zacchaeus, Luke 19, one through 10. Zacchaeus was a rich man. So most people would say that, well, christianity and religion is for poor people because we don't have much then somehow we need god more but the bible says that it is easier for a needle to go through the eye of a camel than it is for a rich man to be saved and when he said this to his disciples disciples was just like well i mean well then who can be saved And he's just like, you know, with man, it's impossible. But with God, it is possible. But we know that there's not going to be a whole lot of rich people that come into Christ because they feel like their money is their God. They rather serve God of this world, which is the devil, than God Almighty, the creator of all things. So what's the cost when it comes to following jesus now i want to take you to matthew 16 24 through 28 and it reads and i'm reading this from the amplified version then jesus said to his disciples if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple he must deny himself set aside selfish interests and take up his cross expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me believing in me conforming to my example in living And if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. So this is where you see where it says, if anybody wants to come after me, then he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So that's what it means to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow after Jesus. If you're really going to be a Christian, every single Christian, Christian means Christ follower. So this is what you do on a daily basis is denying yourself and taking up your cross and following after Jesus, no matter the cost. So a lot of the times it's like when you come into Christ, you know, for a fact that you're going to lose something. But every loss is a gain. If you lose people, when you decide to walk this walk of faith with Jesus and take it seriously, because a lot of people like to mock and be like, oh, you're a serious Christian. Well, at least they call me that. Because I don't play about the word of God, and I don't play about false teachers, and I don't play about people who just proclaim to be a Christian, but yet they are walking a life that does not prove it. It's contrary to the word of God, it's contrary to the word Christian. And I've been there before. And if I had somebody to tell me that straight up, then the moment that I did in its fullness, then that's when I was able to truly come up out from among them and be ye separate as the word of God says. So I want to continue to read verse 25 for whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. So some people would think, well, what does that mean? If, if I want to save my life, meaning that if you think that you're going to be able to save your life, by doing everything that you want to do you're your god you think that all your works is going to get you to heaven so you're not turning away from sin you're just doing whatever you want you feel like it's liberty and expression to just do whatever it is that you want how you want to do and people just have to accept you and not talk about you not correct you nothing not tell you truth because you're so prideful but And he said that if you do that, you're going to lose your life. So you're still spiritually a dead man walking. Right? Even though you're alive and breathing. So it says, but whoever loses his life in this world, that means I give up the way that I do things. In exchange for what God commands through his word. Because everything is in the Bible. And everything from the way that we... See life and purpose, the way that we dress, the way that we speak, the way that we conduct ourselves in excellence is all in the Bible. It's all commands of God. So even the way that we think, because we are to take on the mind of Christ. So if you want to save your life by doing things your way, and you're only going to see that the end of it is always going to be bitterness and resentment and regret and self-harm then you're gonna do that but the end of it is death you're losing your life every single time you choose to do it your way but whoever loses his life in his world for my for Jesus' sake will find it that is life with him for all eternity so that means now and forever Verse 26 says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see that so many people, whether on the streets, all the way up to the richest person in the world without God, without Jesus Christ. Because in order to know God is having a relationship with Jesus Christ or else you believe in a false God. They do whatever it takes for money, status and fame. No matter what it takes, immorality and everything above that falls under the category of immorality to where it's so unnatural, it's sickening. So it says, you know, what is it going to profit you if you gain the whole world? You see that wealthy people take their life all the time. So clearly money is not the solution and the answer to peace in life, purpose in life, joy in life. Because all of that comes from Jesus Christ. This is how why and why you can see someone who doesn't have everything that somebody thinks that they need in order to call them prosperous or wealthy. But they are eternally. And they have joy and they have this peace and this happiness with what God has given them because they found contentment in it. They found purpose and they know that everything in this world is passing away. And when you stand before God, you can take nothing with you. So what does it gain you for you to live your life in immorality, fornication, drunkenness, doing drugs, doing everything like the world, talking like the world, acting like the world, thinking like the world, thinking like culture rather than thinking like Christ? And where that's going to get you. And you can look around. And I know a lot of people admire people that have a lot of money and are celebrities and famous, but just take a close look at their relationships. Take a close look at their families. Take a close look at how they think, how they act. Even if they stand on one or two morals, that doesn't matter because you see that they are still unfulfilled because they need more and more money. They're taking off more and more clothes to get attention. All of that is insecurities. And self-rejection on the forefront. So what is it going to gain you? If you gain all the followers in the world. All the money in the world. Nothing. It gains you nothing. For the son of man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his father. And with his angels. And then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. I assure you and most solemnly say to you. There are some of those standing here who will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom so right there in those four verses we see what it takes to follow jesus and every single disciple that jesus called upon left every single thing to follow him when it came to their careers when it came to their status when it came to their family they left them they left them And if you never lose anything, I would question, have you truly been converted? Have you truly been saved? By grace, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So what does it cost when it comes to family? In the Bible you see in Matthew 12 and 50, where the disciples come to Jesus as he's preaching. And the disciples are telling him, hey, your mom and your brothers are trying to get your attention. And I'm going to read that from verse 36. While he was still talking to the crowd, it happened that his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. You see this in Mark 3:31 through 35 and Luke 18, 19 through 21. Someone said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside asking to speak to you. But Jesus replied to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples and all other followers, he said, here are my mother and sister and brother. So this is why we have brothers and sisters in Christ and the body of Christ. Who, those are the ones that are doing the will of God. And those are your family first before your family in the flesh and most people don't understand like why do we call people brothers and sisters in christ Well, that's exactly why right we are one family one body in the body of christ and our heavenly relationships our godly relationships are more important than any worldly relationship even when it comes to family if you don't want to follow jesus because your family isn't following jesus then your family is your god if you don't want to follow jesus because your family has tradition or they're used to a false religion then your family is your god if you don't want to follow jesus because your mother and your father is saying this and you are taking when the bible says to honor your mother and father out of context that you are willing to sacrifice a relationship with jesus then your parents are your god i see so many people with unnatural and unhealthy relationships with their parents that it's like if they don't do it then i'm not bold enough to stand on my own and do this myself you see a lot of people with their parents if they say something then they just heed to it no matter what you could have a soul tie and an emotional tie to family to the point that you do not want to be set apart you do not want to be different you don't want to be the one breaking generational curses and following jesus wholeheartedly and surrendering your entire life to him because of what your family will say but the bible says and jesus says that if you deny me before man i would deny you before my father in heaven but if you acknowledge me before man then i will acknowledge you before my father in heaven so your relationship and you being a christian cannot be a secret now, what does it cost when it comes to friendships? So most people use the verse, 1 Corinthians 15, where it says that bad company corrupts good character. If you look more into that verse, it's kind of talking about language. The more that you're around pretty much foolish people, then you begin to talk like it, act like it, walk like it. And that is so true because we are all of influence. And once somebody begins to look up to somebody, they will begin to talk like them, walk like them, act like them, do the things that they do and condone it. So we see in Proverbs 13, 20, it says that he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So if you want to walk with people like the world, if you want to talk like people with the world, then you are of the world. You have not crucified your flesh. But when you begin to walk with the wise, when you begin to walk with true believers, whose lives is an example Then you will become wise. Now I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where it says, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such one. Know not to eat, and this is from the King James. For what have I to do to judge them that are without? That means outside of the body of Christ. Do not judge ye them that are within. That's a question. Like, are you not supposed to judge the ones that are within? Because the ones that are without Christ is already condemned, and judgment comes to the house of God first. So right here, what people love to say, oh, we're just not supposed to judge anybody. We're not supposed to judge these people in Hollywood. That call themselves a Christian but live like the devil. We're not supposed to say anything. But right here in these verses is telling us exactly that is to judge those first. Verse 13 says, but them that are without God judgeth." Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. It is literally calling you a wicked person. If first you are a person who says that you are a Christian, but you fornicate your covetous meaning that you see other people. And you want exactly what they have, meaning their house, their car, their man, like exactly what they have. Not that, oh, that's something that you wanted to. No, you want their husband. You want their wife. You want their car. You want their life. You want their kid, the way that they look and everything like that. Because this is what lead people to go crazy, right? Then you have stalkers and crazy fans because they literally want that life. And it starts with covetousness. An idolater. This means idolatrous people you have idols in your life or a railer or a drunker people who drink and more so get drunk or an extortioner that means a thief with such a one no not to eat it tells us not even to eat with these type of people who call themselves a christian but they live this type of lifestyle so there you go with not everybody who calls themselves a christian is a christian And I mean, I don't know how many times people have to say that in order for people to get it, but I guess it's something that constantly needs to be repeated. So assess your life and see if you are any of those things, because God calls you a wicked person and more so assess the people around you, your friendships and see that God tells you not to associate yourself with these type of people. They make God look horrible. And if you're like that, I'm telling you that you make God look horrible and you need to repent and turn from your wicked ways. And most people would ask, well, what do I do with those type of friends? You tell them exactly what that is, that we are called to be set apart, holy and living a life that is holy and acceptable unto God, proving what is acceptable to God. So when it comes to relationships, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. So first of all, what is unequally yoked? Anybody who believes in a different Jesus and anybody believes in a different God. So not just atheists, not just Mormons, not just Catholics, not just Buddhists, not just any other religion that is out there. It's also those who call themselves a Christian and they are not. You are unequally yoked. Because anybody can say it, not everybody is going to live it. Not everybody is going to deny their flesh. Not everybody is going to give up the things of this world because they are so concerned about man's approval than they are God's. They're so concerned about what people think of them now rather than what God is going to say to them on judgment day. So when you are looking for a relationship, you cannot be unequally yoked. Just because somebody goes to church just somebody quote scripture just because somebody says jesus just because somebody says that they are a christian and they don't live that life out they don't are living a life contrary to the word of god because you cannot worship money and god and you cannot love the things of this world and love god you are an enemy to god so anybody who is living a life contrary to it when you bring it to them and you're setting boundaries and they don't want to accept that then it shows you their heart And don't be the person trying to change it because you don't want to be equally yoked. So you're just telling this person all this stuff. So this person begins to follow these things because of you. Then you become their God. They are supposed to turn to Jesus, not you. They are not supposed to have a habit change, but a heart change. And a heart change doesn't come from letting things go. A heart change comes when you repent and turn to Jesus and deny your flesh. Because anybody can change habits if they do the quote-unquote self-work. Or love themselves a little bit more according to the world standard. But that is not love. There's no such thing as self-love. You deny yourself. And when Jesus lives on the inside of you. Then you can love people and love yourself the way that God sees you. So it's coming from God's perspective and not your own. So a lot of people want to quote that. Oh yeah, well God loved me. God made me this way. God did this. God did that. No, God did not do that. That's your sinful nature that conforms you into that. That's your mistakes that conforms you into that. Your past that conforms you into that. Not God, not His word. Until your life and your thinking and your worldview is aligned with the Bible. So I want to take you to Luke 9. And read verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto them, Lord, I will follow thee wheresoever you go. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and be or bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So I know a lot of people, and it doesn't matter whether they're poor, middle class, or rich, and people make excuses for these people all the time and say, Oh, we just don't need to judge them, we need to pray for them. And honestly, jesus does not care what anybody has to lose there's so many people that just say oh it's so easy for somebody that doesn't have much to follow jesus but it's a whole lot more when somebody that has a whole lot to follow jesus but let's just think about that so there's it's easy for somebody to live in poverty financial poverty and follow jesus but somebody who has the world at their feet they have so much money it's just so much harder for them when they can literally take all their money possibly all of their money that they've made in the world and go and start life over come out of hollywood come out of a fame come out of these toxic industries devil worship industries and start over and live even better than somebody in financial poverty probably the rest of their days without having to work again but we have to pity these people who have everything at their feet but somehow it is just so hard for them they don't have more temptation than a person living in financial poverty. They don't have more temptation than anybody living a normal life We all have temptation around us. We all have to choose Jesus every single day, not making excuses about what is around us and what we're surrounded by. No matter what situation that you're in, whether you're living with toxic friends, whether you're on campus at college, living with worldly people, you still have a duty and a command to live set apart. Even if you're in Hollywood, you can still be set apart. But the fact is I haven't met one celebrity nor one celebrity pastor who is truly living out the word of God. They are either a professing false Christian or a false teacher that has compromised to the world because they want to be liked by the world. And they can use Christian terms. They can say sin every once in a while. They can talk about repentance every once in a while. They can say that Jesus loves you every once in a while. But they are so wrapped up in destiny and what you're living your best life now and manifesting but putting Jesus name at the end of it by saying that we can declare and decree a thing and it shall be established as if we are equal to God. Only God can declare and decree a thing. Only God who is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, it doesn't matter what we pray for, if it is not aligned with the will of God, it is not going to come to pass. So when it comes to following Jesus, you're either going to lay down your life, lose your life of this world to pick it up in Christ and gain it, or you are going to stay like the world because you choose the world over Jesus. You choose the world over serving God. You choose relationships, family, and friendships. Because you want to be known, and because you want to be popular, and because you want to do everything like the world, but still use the name of God. And no, you would be the person that says, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that in your name? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. Depart from me. If your heart has not changed, if you have not died to this world, then you have truly not been converted because you don't have a desire to please God. You have a desire to either please self or please man even if you begin to stand on morality in some way no worldly person stands on absolute morality only a born again believer stands on absolute morality because every single thing that they view comes from a biblical stance first doesn't matter if it's family doesn't matter if it's children doesn't matter how you raise your kids how you see relationships how you see politics how you see your career and what you're willing to do and not do That's when it's biblical. If it's not all biblical, you're either just growing and you're learning, right? Or you're not converted at all because you place your word above God's word. So when it comes to following Jesus, you're either gonna deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him or not deny yourself in every area of your life and keep following after the world and wondering why you keep on coming up empty, coming up short, And it doesn't mean when you follow Jesus that everything is going to get easy and that everything you pray for is going to happen for you. Because most people who think that God is a genie end up leaving God because they came to God for the wrong reasons. If you have not come to the realization that you are a sinner, nothing that you can do can ever be pleasing to God in the flesh. And that from the time you were born, you were born into sin and shaped into iniquity. I don't care if you never smoked, drink, had sex or did any of those things like somebody else. You are still filthy rags in the eyes of God because if you just say a little white lie, which you don't even have to be taught to lie as a child, we do it anyway because it's a part of our nature or it's a part of our selfish nature. We don't have to be taught how to be selfish. We have to be taught to be unselfish. We don't have to taught to not be curious about things that are bad. We have to be taught to not run to things that are bad, just be out of curiosity and out of our feelings. So if you've just said a white lie ever in your past, if you've ever done anything, cheated, lied, stolen, all of that, you've broken the entire law of God. And you are a sinner. And all of your good works, it doesn't matter if you feed the poor, if you go and do every single thing when it comes to charity, it's filthy rags in the eyes of God. You are a sinner in need of Jesus and you need to repent, turn away from sin, Confess that God sent his son, that Jesus is Lord, and that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. And on the third day, he rose him up again. And it says to believe in your heart unto righteousness in Romans 10 and 9 in continuing verses. And if you say it, it's not a prayer. It's a confession the Bible says if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, you are a new creation. And that being baptized does not equal salvation. It is just an external expression of what already happened in the heart that your old man has passed away and now you are a new creation in Christ and your baptism is just an expression of that. Baptism does not equal salvation. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Turn to Jesus, not religion. Turn to Jesus, not church. Turn to Jesus, not wealth and riches. And you know that you are a true disciple is that when you don't get what you think that you thought is good for you. You can still praise him. You can still be faithful to him. You can still serve Jesus wholeheartedly because you know what he did for you at the cross and that is enough. And that anything that he does give you is good. But if you look around, you are blessed more than somebody else in this world. And that what you have is enough and you will learn to be content whether you have a lot or if you are in need whether you are prosperous externally because internally you are already whole and complete and prosperous because Jesus called you his because Jesus lived on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit and you know that you have truly been converted when the Holy Spirit begins to convict you of sin because that's his job and you will come out of the world you will come out from among them and be separate so will your mind so will your heart so will your body so will your clothing so will the way that you live your life And you will go from it being a professing believer to a converted one from someone who did not just change habits for some time because the flesh is so strong that you cannot defeat it without Jesus that you will go back to your bad habits, which is why you see a lot of celebrities go through addictions, go to rehab, come out and then they do it again and then they go back and it's a cycle in their life because they don't have power over their flesh it's the same thing when it comes to fornication some people can abstain but as soon as life gets hard then all of a sudden they're not abstaining anymore in christ god is not looking for perfection he's looking for your heart but when you are in christ do not make any excuse for your sin because grace is available but if you have stumbled you get back up you learn the lesson you set boundaries and you follow after jesus you follow after holiness and you remove every single source of temptation so that you can faithfully walk this life out and if you sin in your mind that's something that we deal with which is why we bring every thought captive unto the word of God we crucify it so when people talk about oh we can't be perfect no we strive for perfection every single day and we don't make excuses for our sin and we don't diligently run to sin and insist on sinning it's not a habitual thing I'm not going and finding ways to sin But if I begin to bring up a lustful thought in my mind, then there's something that has not been crucified, something that I've seen, something that I watched, something that I heard, and I need to self-evaluate and live a life of fasting and prayer because fasting is denying your flesh even the more because you consecrate yourself. But every single day is a consecrated life. Doesn't mean you have to fast every single day. But this walk with Jesus is so serious. It's not something to play with. It's not something to laugh at. It's not something to be okay with when you fall and stumble because a truly converted person that has a heart after Jesus will never be okay with stumbling and falling and disobeying God. And whatever they have to lose, which will ultimately be gain in order to follow Jesus. If somebody doesn't want to choose you, if friends want to leave your life, if family want to disregard you, if they want to mock you, if they want to do all of those things, because your life will become offensive to people who love brokenness and dysfunction. If people don't want to choose you while you are choosing Jesus every single day, then they are not meant for you. But there is always a remnant. There's always a body of believers. Even if you have not met them yet, you will have the ability because God always brings us together because we need one another. Because iron sharpens iron. And fellowship is so important. Which is why you have to be in church. But don't go to any church. You want to go to a Bible-based church that can love you like Christ and won't be religious, you know, but let God do the work in you. Sometimes God will isolate you for a season so that you can form your relationship with Jesus and run to him before you run to people. I'm praying that this podcast blessed you. If you love it, go ahead and like it. Send me a message here on Anchor or Spotify. You can message me on Instagram. My Instagram is underscore Natalie Carter. My TikTok is I am underscore Natalie with two E's. And I love you with Jesus love. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And I will see you in the next episode. God bless. Bye.